0: We have a busy show for you planned this week in our case for case against debate. We take a look at Skylight Health Group Inc symbol SHG on the TSX Venture, which owns and operates a proprietary virtual telehealth platform and a network of over 30 medical clinics across 16 states in the US providing integrative primary and urgent care services to over 155,000 patients annually. In our your stock, our take segment, we answer a lister question on the very topical AstraZeneca PLC symbol A Z N. The British-Swedish multinational pharmaceutical and biotechnology company now best known for developing one of the three COVID-19 vaccines approved for use in Europe. The vaccine is also approved for use in Canada, but to date not in the United States. We let you know how the business looks from a fundamental perspective and if there is an opportunity here or it is one to avoid. Let's get into our show this week. We got I'm gonna welcome my co-host Brennan and Aaron. But first, there is some big news here to start. Big news. We pushed the podcast a day forward this week because, well, due to some very extraordinary circumstances, our very own Brennan Habitler became an uncle. I did. And Woo-hoo. before we cheer for you, before we cheer for him, Brennan had a very important job. He had a very important <laughs> job in this process. He had to watch his sister's dog. Yep. So the most important question I have for you, have you managed to keep that dog alive? Um, <laughs>
1: great question. Great question. Because I don't hear any My barking even, in the background. One would expect a simple answer, yeah, I but
2: um, it seems that it's not so simple. Well, I mean, he's it's probably a, got yeah, a little bit it. more
1: table scraps than he uh, should have got. But uh, but but yeah, he's, he's alive. He's, he's living. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I am in an that's apartment. That's your first test. You I am know, in right? an apartment, and uh, or I guess a condo, mm-hmm. which doesn't actually allow dogs. So it's kind of been like a I've been smuggling him in and out of the building, uh, you know, hiding him under <laughs> my jacket and stuff. So, so, a so funny uh,
2: joke to play on Brennan would be to call his apartment manager. <laughs>
1: <and> don't <laughs> do that. that
2: really funny. Really funny. I wouldn't. No, that I would, wouldn't yeah. do that to the dog, Brennan. Wow. No, wow. but
0: to you, yes. But seriously, give us some details on the new edition here. Yeah, well. And congrats uh, to your sister and family, obviously. I'm yeah, sure the parents so, are ecstatic and everything.
1: Yeah, they. my sister delivered yesterday and uh, a baby mm-hmm. girl, and they're calling her Ellie. Her name's Ellie, and I think that they want to go. That's uh, cute. Um, they they want to have her short name, I guess, as L. So I don't know. I mean, maybe mm. they're getting some uh, some inspiration from Stranger Things. I don't know. Um but anyways
0: I was thinking Al McPherson, but that probably dates us.
1: Yeah, and or dates. There you go again. Another yeah, another name I yeah. have <laughs> no idea who you're referring
0: to. <laughs> At least you knew who John Candy was. That's what we well, were talking about. That just so everybody podcast,
1: knows, time.
2: Brennan had to ask if John Candy was Canadian. To which he was almost he was almost kicked out of the podcast, suspended <laughs>
1: oh, indefinitely I for know. that. Oh. Uh, what can I
0: do? Yeah, and then we we go back to the Who's Kevin Costner too, and I was all right. That's it. We can't <laughs> we can't talk about this anymore, but. Anyways, we're kidding, Brennan. We're kidding. But but I have some advice. Uh, I had some advice. Mm -hmm. You better start enjoying the company of that dog because both you and the dog will be getting little attention from the family anymore. Uh, You're no longer the baby. So that is sadly true. Congratulations. This is your first,
2: this is your, you're just newly an uncle This is your first niece or nephew. (laughs) Yeah, that is correct. Well, congratulations, Uncle, Uncle B. Thank you. Yeah, Uncle B dog.
0: I became an uncle when I was 10. Really? And I remember they, they they announced it over the PA at, at my it school. wasn't long it was before was Ryan like proud
2: moment. Nieces and nephew were mm. more mature. <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> a year later, oh, it was, was, it, was, was it, one. One.
0: it was two days. It was two days, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I love it. As long as they could open their eyes, it was that oh, was it was over yep. for me. No, anyway, so let, let's... Uh, well, we congratulations, got, Again, brother. we
1: talked... Thanks, Aaron.
0: Yeah, congrats, Thanks, congrats. And mainly congrats to your sister and yes. your, your family. Yes. You didn't really do that much. I'm just... The dog was amazing. Yeah, that was some quite, quite amazing work with that dog. Now, we announced last week uh, where we got that new webinar coming up, Simple Advice to Position Your Portfolio for the Next Decade. Get your tickets now. They're already going faster than they've ever gone before it's great to see uh the live first webinar april 6th uh, 7 p.m pacific live webinar april 13th at 4 p.m pacific 7 p.m eastern time so we make it more uh easy to attend for anybody uh in eastern canada so uh, again excited aaron you're excited i heard i heard you really pumped about this i'm incredibly
2: excited i'm Ryan asked before the the podcast started what specifically we were excited about, and there's nothing necessarily, it's not specific, I'm just always excited when we're doing a new round of DIYs, and what actually really excites me about this round of DIYs is that I I really am looking for a way to bring it to the next level, and I don't know exactly how that's going to look, but I have some ideas, and and that's what makes me excited.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, the portfolio, we recommended six companies at this exact seminar this time last year right at the start of the pandemic the average gains is over 70 percent since then so i mean that excites me hopefully we can put five or six companies together you know, we can't promise 70% again this year, but, you know, we want to, we look at the same methodology, we use the same process, and we talked about process last week, when we look to identify those businesses, and we'll teach that process that we look at in this, and uh, these seminars, and, you know, come up with some individual companies. But we really does excite me and excites me about our research, like every year, we Talk about this. We talk about going through every company in Canada, over three thousand to four thousand in the U.S. as well. But you go through them twice. When we do that, we always come up with two or three little companies, gems that you know maybe we've been watching for a while or have just listed, and we really think they have the potential to have tremendous returns over the long term. And I can't stress this more. more. I talked about this last week, but two or three investments in your entire lifetime, if you get a company like a Boyd. You know, Boyd has gone up 10,000% over the past uh, 12 years. Expel, just in three years, it's 4,000 plus percent. If you can add one of those companies, and if we were able to identify just one, when we looked through 3,500, for example, in the Canadian market, that's what excites me about looking at these stocks and looking at those individual investments. You go through a ton of crap to get to those investments or those great investments for our clients and that's what excites me about finding those and uh, potentially we'll be introducing one or two one of those even if it's just one of those six companies that we're going to look at you know in this set of seminar series it can serve you well over the long term and change your portfolio and that's what we're trying to do yeah. with that profile of good businesses that we like to buy and
1: that's what I'm most excited for I mean the Q&A of course I always like listening to the q and I always learn something but also um, in, one, in our last market suite we came across a company that really excites me, and you know, possibly it will be a recommendation. We'll see. Obviously, Ryan has the final say, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for those uh, recommendations to be to be provided to uh, the the attendees.
2: Yeah, and and really, really, the the as you said, Ryan, the two to three, the two to three companies that can change your entire investment career, those two to three companies, you know, going through that and showing people some of the examples of companies that we've recommended in the past, a few of them like XPEL that were actually in our DIY starter portfolios uh, at various times in the past. And what did we see in those companies that made us... I mean, we we never really know in advance if a company is going to do something like XPEL or perform like XPEL or Boyd, you know, up several thousand percent. But by by focusing on a specific type, a specific profile of company, you you vastly increase your odds of of getting those you know one or two or three of those in your portfolio over your lifetime, which makes which makes all the difference. And that I think is what we're really trying to do in that segment and in the DIY overall. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get one of those companies in the starter portfolio. But it's really about it's really about. Showing people what makes a great stock so that they can, you know, put more of those in their own portfolio, identify them when maybe we recommend them or they're exposed to them in some other way. But then also by avoiding companies that are what we consider the exact opposite of those that may seem, may seem companies that may seem exciting uh, and, and growth oriented, but are really highly speculative, you know, avoiding those. And and focusing on good quality companies that are producing cash flow and earnings and growing and providing some type of a solution or essential service that that whereby you see that growth continuing over over a multi year time horizon.
0: Yeah, no. And and that's those things excite me. You know, I I got I just just before we get into the show again, the meat of the show this week, I got a question. This week, actually, uh, I did a little, or it was last week. Sorry, I'm um, from uh, a potential client called called through and had seen that we looked through every company in Canada uh, twice a year. So they said, "What's that like? Like, what is it like to go through that many companies? Like, is is it difficult?" And yeah, it is difficult. And I had this, uh, my mind went to an image in my head. You guys know the movie Shawshank, right? Oh yeah, Shawshank Redemption. So hey, you remember I when know this one. Andy Dufresne um, was literally, he broke out, right? Mm -hmm. He crawls through what they call a river of- Yeah, it took him like 20
2: years to chip through the wall in his cell something like that. (laughs) Yes, yeah.
0: And come out, cl- and he comes out clean on the other side. That's what I feel like sometimes when we go through three thousand five hundred companies. <laughs> like, when, that's when what came out, through he that mind. Threw his mind.
2: arms up in the air and he uh, towards the sky. Yes, I feel also like how you that feel when you find something good.
0: Liter yes, I feel exactly like that. And and if we find one expel Boyd or Ancel, that's when I raise my hand in the air and and I feel clean because there is a river of crap in Canada. When you look at, there's a bunch of terrible companies right but if you can find one and that's what i'm talking about that can really make a long-term difference in somebody's portfolio i feel like that and and i was going to say that on the phone to the client but now i just said it to uh (laughs) everybody out there who's listening but that's what we feel like if you can uh if that visually gives you a good visual representation i think what we go through just to find those and how happy we are when we can find a couple uh companies that we think offer value for our clients so let's get to our uh, case for, case against debate. It's Skylight Health Group, Inc., symbol SHG on the TSX Venture. Price is $1.05 right now. Market cap about $184 million. Now, Skylight Health owns and operates a proprietary virtual health platform and a network of over 30 medical clinics across 16 states in the U.S., providing integrated, integrative, primary, and urgent care services to over 155,000 patients annually skylight expands both organically and by way of strategic acquisitions so i'm going to handle the case for brennan's going to handle the case against Um, who
1: wants to go first um i guess i'll I'll go first i'll get it over and done with
2: you want to go first okay so um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna set the judge. as always i'll be well i will be the judge as always one minute for each side uh brennan are you ready i am ready okay i don't know if he's ever really ready but (laughs) we'll see about that all right brennan go
1: (laughs) number one skylight operates clinics telehealth and its own virtual electronic record solutions which is hot right now but a very competitive space Number two, Skylight is just breaking into profitability with the last two quarters being adjusted EBITDA positive, but 12 trailing month over 12 trailing month revenue grew at just 2%, which is all right growth, but nothing spectacular. Now, number three, considering management's annual revenue run rate of 56 million after closing all of its recently announced acquisitions, the company currently trades at over three times forward revenue. Now, most would argue that this is not expensive for a telehealth provider, but I still find it difficult paying over three times revenue for a business like this. This, when I know of other health tech providers that can possibly offer more organic growth at a valuation of just one time sales. And number four, the threat of, f- of future dilution remains if the company wants to continue to support its growth by acquisition strategy, where in the past 12 months, the company has already increased its share count by approximately 80 million shares. Now, this could possibly continue going forward.
2: Okay, Brennan. You made your points.
1: I made my points. I don't know if they were good points, but I made some points.
2: Well, we'll see. We'll see soon, won't we? Mm -hmm. Okay, Ryan, are, are you ready? I'm ready. Go.
0: It's a high growth, now profitable healthcare and health tech business, which has recently completed five accretive growth acquisitions, paying four to five times EBITDA and below one times revenue for each. Its revenue run rate is now fifty-six million, up three hundred and seventeen percent from thirteen point four million last year. Tremendous growth, and projections are for adjusted EBITDA to surge from a loss in the ranges to six million positive this year, truing a true inflection point. Skylight continues with a cash position around seven million to five. Fund more growth. Finally, it can continue to raise more money where it shares trade if it can at approximately 28 times EV to EBITDA and buy growth businesses at 4.4 to 6 times that multiple. The multiple or this model is highly accretive. It trades at a discount to competitors Well Health and Cloud MD on an EV to revenue basis for 2021. Plus, it has tremendous profitable growth. If you can find a high growth profitable business trading at relative reasonable prices in this market, jump on it.
1: Well-timed. It's a lot to unpack. Is there, though? <laughs> no, not really, actually. <laughs> um, I know, I know. Okay,
2: so uh, I, 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 this isn't a company that I really that I was very familiar with myself. I, I came into this really feeling that it was probably something that wasn't profitable um, and that Brennan had an easy win. I think it's more of a complex situation than that. I, I would really love to give the win to Brennan, but I'm going to give it to Ryan.
1: Yeah, you can. <laughs> and and that's the thing, you know, it is a, a complex situation where where I initially, you know, me and Ryan were talking about debating it. I quickly like looked at it. I was like, oh, they're just tapping into profitability. You know, it can't be that great, but they do have a pretty good accretive a growth by acquisition strategy. Um, and yeah, I mean, an interesting space too. And, and looking at comparables, like compared to uh, like Cloud MD and stuff, like I think Cloud MD was trading at I don't know, way higher multiples and whatnot. So I mean,
2: oh, certainly three yeah. times revenue to me. I mean, three hundred percent revenue growth. Not mm-hmm. that I'm expecting they're gonna grow at three hundred percent revenue going forward, but they don't have to. That that's not that entered in that that, that to me is not an expensive valuation at all, particularly for a company that. Um, is in an attractive Mm -hmm. space like telehealth. Now, I know nothing about their business. All I'm basically saying is that from what I've heard, it's enough that I would be interested to learn more about the company. Um, And, you know, even though it it seems like it's certainly on the higher end of the risk spectrum, uh, even 28 times on an EV to EBITDA, if they're going to accelerate growth, if they're going to... they're going to see significant growth in their EBITDA and profitability going forward. If that is more likely to happen than not. And we see that valuation go down on a forward basis. I know that these telehealth yeah. companies are expensive. So yeah. I, I would say it's something that I would want to look at. And that's um, that's why I, now, I gave the now, W to Ryan.
0: And I would say my analysis there, and now this is where it gets interesting for me that, that I present the positive, all the positives mm-hmm. there, right? So, you know we got we got to dig. We'd have to dig way deeper into this business. And we're when we look at uh, businesses like this, we put them against others in the sector. And one little snippet that I would have take taken from what Brennan said there is, um, I can find other companies or. I think he's talking about a specific other company, Mm -hmm. not necessarily a direct comparable, but one that we have that has its telehealth or a health tech type of angle to it that is in our coverage right now. There's just recently come into our coverage. Uh, It's done well already, but it trades at, you know, 1.2, 1.4 times revenue. Plus, it is definitely profitable on an earnings basis and an EBITDA basis and cash flow basis. Plus, the growth is similar, the revenue rate is similar, and we're paying a lower multiple for it. So we're paying maybe 14 to 15 times uh, EV to EBITDA, where you're paying 28 times next year's for Skylight Health. So while this may be an interesting situation, Skylight Health, the company that we're talking about that is in the healthcare and health tech sector as well, uh, trades at relative valuations that are lower. So... You know, it's always where do I put my investment dollars? Like, if you just saw this and this was your only option, perhaps you and you wanted some healthcare and health tech exposure, it might be an option. But we have a company that we think trades at half those valuations that has already shown more profitability, uh, proven their model out a little more in terms of having actually reported quarters of profitability, not just forecasting it going forward. Um, That is where we say, okay, well, you know, I have a limit. Limited amount of places to put my dollars. I think that this other situation offers better value. So even though this is, you know, ranks, you know, ahead of say 95% of the companies on the market right now, we're going to take the ones that ranks ahead of 98% of the companies, right? Like that's where we narrow it down. So, so, you know, I think that this doesn't mean we're recommending Skylight Health, is what I'm trying to say
2: too. As well. No, and I think that I think that what I would do. For Skylight now at this point, because you, you've looked at some of the numbers and there's some of the numbers I don't know. I mean, you mentioned seven million in cash. Does it have debt? I don't know. But I think that at this point it passes the initial test. So the next step is really to understand like the business, like what is it exactly that they're selling? Who are their customers? You know, how robust is that? revenue and cash flow, what are they looking at acquiring? These are these are questions I don't know the answers to right now. Um, but that is essentially because a telehealth business, I mean, it can mean yeah. a lot well, of different they, things, right? And
0: they and they operate a virtual telehealth platform. But it's it, like when we have dug into many of these companies and well, for example, and CloudMD and looked at what percentage of their revenue was actually coming from, you know, the Telehealth area of the business—it's always been very small mm-hmm. on a relative basis. Most of it is coming, and I believe still in this uh, in this uh, in the case of Skylight, it is coming just from those clinics essentially that they own. So yes, they're modernizing them, bringing them on a platform, but uh, you. Know, In the case of the other company we're talking about, we're not going to bring it here because it's just a recent recommendation to our clients, but it is their technology platform is what separates them from other businesses. It is core to their business. It it gives them a differentiator and it offers a value proposition to the business and we know it is core. So in this case, um, we're not certain that their virtual telehealth platform is, you know, absolutely core to the business and a huge part of what is driving revenue growth or anything like that in the business. And that's what we'd have to find out before we, you know, put our hard earned dollars or told our clients to buy into a company like this. So, you know, it passes some initial screeners. We'd ha- we would have to go deeper into research, interview management, um, and-, and look to see how they can continue to grow going forward. And they have targets out there now. They have to hit those targets. Like we've already seen, for example, the comp- the other healthcare company that we're talking about um, hit its targets. So it start- it's checked off another one of those boxes. We're going to continue to monitor Skylight Health as well going forward and uh, probably reach out to management and talk to them as well. So it gives you an idea of, you know, what we look at. And when we see a company, then we weigh it against our other options. Yeah, our approach, our approach, process. Yeah. So let's go to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. It's time we answer a question on your stock. In a little segment, we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. AstraZeneca, PLC. Aaron, you've got this one.
2: Sure. AstraZeneca, uh, the symbol is uh, A. AZN trades in the US, uh, but it also has a listing on the London exchange as well. It's trading at about $49 per share, market cap of 130 billion. AstraZeneca is a British, Swedish, multinational pharmaceutical and biotechnology company. It's headquartered in Cambridge, England. It has a portfolio of products for major diseases in areas like oncology, cardiovascular, gastrointestinal, uh, as well as some other areas. AstraZeneca recently is best known for for developing one of the three COVID-19 vaccines approved for use in Europe. Uh, The vaccine is also approved for use in Canada but to date not in the United States. The company has been in the news a lot recently but unfortunately not much of that news has been good as of late. One would think that AstraZeneca would be in a good place right now being one of only a small handful of companies to develop a COVID-19 vaccine the situation, unfortunately, has been a little more complicated due to some pretty significant setbacks with the vaccine rollout and some possible unforeseen side effects in a small number of individuals who receive the vaccine. So this is a fairly topical company right now. We wanted to take a look at the, at the, at the financial situation. Uh, I've been getting a lot of questions about it just because it's been in the news So much lately. So, looking at the recent financials, the company reported 2020 year end results. The numbers were generally good, revenue up 9%, core EPS increased 15%. Uh, Over the last three years, they've been growing revenue at an average rate of about 6% per year. Core EPS, on the other hand, has been volatile. It hasn't really grown over the past three years, it's actually down just slightly over that period. But AstraZeneca has provided financial guidance for 2021. Total revenue is expected to increase in the low teen percentage, uh, accompanied by uh, faster growth in core EPS. they are expecting core EPS of about 4 dollars to $5 per share for fiscal 2021. So right now, this puts the stock at about 10 times expected core earnings. The balance sheet as well also appears to be in good shape. Now, when you're looking at these, these, pharmaceutical companies, one of the things you really have to look at is their their portfolio of drugs, uh, what the what the concentration is to some of their larger drugs uh, when patents roll off, the growth rates that's really that's really what you have to do when you're analyzing these pharma companies and that can be very complex because it's a very it's a very complicated industry and sometimes when they're explaining the testing uh, and the research you almost have to be a medical professional to to understand it. Looking at AstraZeneca, they report 15 different drugs in their current portfolio. The top drug, uh, Tigrizo, I believe is pronounced, is used to treat lung cancer. It accounts for about 16% of total revenue. The top three drugs in the portfolio account for about 35% of total revenue. So their, their top drug, the patent on their top drug, Tigrizo, doesn't start to expire until 2032. Uh, overall, the fundamentals of after AstraZeneca look fairly good. As I said, one of the challenges with these pharma com- companies is just the complex nature of the business. You really need to kind of understand these drug portfolios and what the potential is in each the, the risks and opportunities in, in each individual drug and patent. Um, as I said, a company like AstraZeneca, it, it certainly looks like it's in good shape right now. I don't know if we would run out and buy it at this particular time. There seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of issues that the company is facing right now, and you would think that with the companies, these major pharma companies like like Pfizer, AstraZeneca, that have developed COVID nineteen, that you would see some kind of a benefit in their share prices. But we really haven't seen that. For the most part, it's the same with Pfizer, same with Johnson and Johnson. These are big companies um, and with many billions in revenue on a quarterly basis. So, producing a COVID-19 vaccine, well, it may in some ways help their public image. You know, it's not really going to move the needle for them financially long term. So it's not a reason to invest in these companies. And certainly in the case of AstraZeneca, I mean, it's actually trading slightly lower today than it was when they, when they originally announced, um, originally announced approval of their COVID-19 vaccine. So this is something that we would look at. We would continue to follow. Uh, we would maybe look a little bit further into the portfolio because the fundamentals do, they, they certainly do look somewhat interesting. The, the stock does pay a dividend, um, and the valuation certainly does does not look unreasonable. Uh, if you are looking at pharma companies right now, generally, you know, Merck, Pfizer, those companies, they are trading in that kind of 12 times earnings range roughly. And uh, so which which could represent uh, decent value long term. Um, but it's a space that we're looking at right now. And we do plan to come up with some research on some of these companies in the near future.
0: Yeah, it's a good synopsis of the company. Yeah, it's it, it is. Like you said, it's hard to analyze them without knowing you know all of their drugs their most important drugs and when they come off patent and you know and it, it can be kind of tightrope they walk because at some point they do come off patent and then you have to have something else to fill that in uh, you know something in the pipeline or something you've acquired to continue to grow revenues uh, so like in in many cases if you're looking at a developing drug or if they're developing a drug Um, Sometimes it's better for somebody who's literally a specialist in that field to do the analysis on whether they are ahead of the game, the uh, drug that's going to be used in this sector or high probability probability of that more than, you know, even an analyst would be to look at it. So from that perspective, sometimes I find them hard to analyze.
2: Certainly. And I think that the drugs that are already commercialized, at least we can dig into the, the financials of those. Yeah. But when it comes to their development pipeline, which is really what it, yes. what's going to replace the, the, the drugs when they go off patent, and at least AstraZeneca, their top drug, I mean, they still have some time here. Um, when you're looking at that pipeline of developing drugs, that's where it really becomes extremely technical. And there's really no way for somebody who, who um, is not a, a specialist in that field. To know with much certainty what is going to be a successful drug in the future, and even if you are a special specialist in that field, I think that there's going to be a lot of risk in that analysis. You you just don't really know for sure. So really, what you have to do is you have to just you have to look at the company's track record for being able to do that, being able to um, commercialize, develop, and commercialize new 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 drugs, and um, essentially just go go with that.
0: Excellent. Any final comments, Uncle?
1: um uncle brennan would say that uh yeah i liked aaron's point just saying focusing on the portfolio of drugs that the company has you know i was doing some analysis for aaron on a specific company i came to him and i was like wow looks pretty diversified and then he was like well no brennan you should really look a little bit deeper in the actual you know the the pipeline of their drugs what they actually have running uh and when i did so you know i I could understand what Aaron was saying. So, you know, looking at these uh, pharmaceutical companies, that's definitely, you know, a key tip. Um, Making sure, maybe having like a common size, uh, um, I, I guess, income statement where uh, essentially you're looking at each drug in comparison to total revenue to kind of get an idea of how much percent that specific drug is uh in regards to total revenue you know just to see how that tracks over time and maybe if the company's trying to diversify away from that specific drug or whatnot so yeah i just wanted to reinforce that point so
0: that uh well that should do it for this week we got some new updates potentially a new recommendation coming out over the next week so clients look forward to that continue to rate and review us if you like this podcast if you like the content we're putting out or have any suggestions go to itunes or wherever you uh get your podcast rate and review us make suggestions and we'll continue to respond to those um from uncle and from uh aaron i'd like to and myself we'd like to wish you profitable investing
1: profitable investing thanks everyone